0: Are you tired of paying too much in taxes or want to recession-proof your investment portfolio? Whether you're looking for a passive investment income or want to see what joining a syndication team is all about, then you don't want to miss Think Multifamily's annual FIRE Summit Conference, November the 11th and 12th. I'm going to tell you how to save $100, and that's by using promo code Whitney 100 When you go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash FIRE, again, that's Whitney 100 did you know that multifamily is one of the most recession-resistant strategies to create long-term equity, cash flow, and build wealth through real estate and can save you big on your taxes? You have probably have heard that, but I want you to learn from somebody just like Think Multifamily. They have over 25 years of experience, over 100 apartment syndications, 16,000 units in 13 states, over a billion dollars in assets under management. Think Multifamily has the experience you can trust to grow your real estate portfolio and avoid the pitfalls many investors and syndicators fall into. Think Multifamily believes you don't have to sacrifice your values to be successful. Integrity, transparency, servant leadership, and family values are what you will see and feel when you attend the Think Multifamily event. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash fire for more information and register today. Enter promo code Whitney100 to save
1: $100. The interesting thing now is the fact that, you know you know, interest rates have gone up and obviously we've raised our interest rates to our borrowers a little bit. Uh, but it is a supply and demand issue with regard to how much money is out there chasing it, right? But the interesting thing here is the fact that even though the, the real estate market has cooled a bit, it doesn't look like it's falling off a cliff because it's still, again, a supply and demand issue
2: where everybody needs a house. Everybody or everybody needs a place to live. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Sam Rust. Joining us today is Edward Brown, um, who has been the CEO of a large company based in Marin County with over 40 million in alternative lending in the lending space. Today, he assists private Pacific money with capital raising and investor presentations. And he also hosts two radio shows, not one, but two. uh, The Best of Investing with Mark Hampf and Sports Econ 101, which is a national sports and business show. Edward, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sam, for having me. Pleasure to have you. Sports Econ One Hundred and One. I know we're going to get into real estate and notes yeah. and funds and all the fun stuff, but but I've got to ask. I'm personally fascinated by the intersection of sports and business. This is yeah. a wild time in college sports. You've got NIL and new TV deals. You've got new TV deals yeah. happening, with, about to happen with the NBA. Where do you guys focus in your show, and what do you personally find fascinating about that intersection?
1: Boy, that's a good question. So I've got a couple of co-hosts. One is the son of a former major league baseball player. And then one of my other co-hosts is a local TV anchor for CBS. And what we try to do is match up sports and business. A lot of times it's it's kind of a little bit more on the sports side than the sports and business, because there's only so much that you can talk about the aspect of business and sports, but we try to kind of match the two. Yeah, LeBron James got uh, over went over to the Lakers, you know, and he gets this huge contract. The question is, like, as an example, are the ticket prices automatically going to go up? They say, well, yeah, but wait a minute, though. Hold on. There's a supply and demand situation. I mean, you can't charge a million dollars a seat. Otherwise, nobody will show up. So there's some kind of a metrics as to, you know, how much is the most that you can charge for tickets to watch LeBron James. Yeah, stuff like that.
2: Yeah. What got you into radio in the first place? You're on two shows. You've been doing it for over a decade, at least the best of investing with Mark Honf.
1: Yes. Long story short, I helped finish off a book for this financial advisor who was so awesome. (laughs) I'll say that Princeton University and Fidelity Investments would use this guy, Ken Winans, for research. And so the one aspect of his book that he was writing that he couldn't finish off was the rate of return on mortgage investments. So he and I got to know each other. I finished that part off. And then he asked me to be a guest on his show to talk about interest rates and all that kind of stuff, mortgages. And when I did a decent job, he asked me to co-host that show, which was on a major station in California. And then eventually I started my own show. And then I got recruited, I guess, is a good word uh, for the sports and business show.
2: Oh, that's Fascinating. I mean, I I did a radio show back, man, it's probably been 15 years ago and it wasn't very long lasting, but it's a great experience and it's a fantastic medium that gets overlooked a lot. I mean, we're sitting here on a podcast it's really just a new age radio show, right? That, that doesn't have quite the syndication reach that a lot of shows do and is meant more for millennials and Gen Zers. That, that skill set is really valuable.
1: Yeah. You know what? I really appreciate that because it does open up a lot of doors. You know, just the fact that you have a radio, a real radio show that's, that airs on on real radio stations. Obviously we're on iHeartRadio and other kind of podcast situations, but uh, like the sports show is nationally syndicated. So we're on hundreds of stations across the U.S. and on SiriusXM as well.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, let's pivot a little bit, Edward, and get to talking about some real estate. Pacific Private Money, one of the largest private lenders in the space across the country, maybe the largest, that's kind of a a hard one to quantify, but certainly in the the upper echelon. And you guys do a lot around both performing and non-performing notes. For Pacific Private Money, we're primarily originating Mostly bridge
1: loans, really kind of our our niche. We do have another fund that buys discounted notes. That's the one that'll be either performing or non-performing. They originate, obviously, they're performing.
2: Yeah. So if you could maybe sketch what kind of product you're typically originating, and then maybe let's talk just a little bit about how the current environment is affecting that positively, negatively, um, and where you guys see opportunity in your niche.
1: Okay, so we have at Pacific Private Money. We have four different funds. Uh, our main fund, uh, one that we're primarily focusing on right now, is called our Freedom Fund. That fund primarily focuses on owner-occupied consumer bridge loans, mostly in California, but we're bridging. We're going outside of it, California. We're one of the few lenders licensed. In California to do these uh, loans, I think the reason is because it's a fairly expensive barrier of entry, because you've got continuing education, licensing, software, legal, it's pretty expensive. And if you're the typical fix and flip lender, you'd probably be busy already making a lot of money. You say, well, why do I want to spend $80,000 to $100,000 to get into this other space and learn it and all that? Well, we decided to take that leap some years back. We're not the only ones, but we're one of the few. And like you said, we're probably one of the largest in the country as a private lender for the owner-occupied consumer bridge loan. So typically what'll happen, now things have slowed down a little bit, but uh, when things were fairly hot, What was happening is that you'd have somebody who owned a house who didn't want to sell the house first, wanted to buy the next house, make an aggressive offer, close quickly, and then have time to fix up their old house, not move twice, go through the emotional and expense of that. And so what we do is we would help them buy the next house and we'd cross collateralize on the existing house if there was enough equity. And that gave them enough time. And I wrote an article about this, how because some people would say, "Oh, well, that's too expensive, you know, to have two loans at the same time." And well, in a slowly rising market, we did the math, and it actually makes financial sense. There's no uh, prepayment penalty with these loans. Someone could pay us off in you know a week. We actually had someone pay us off in a week one time, but because we charged points, it was fine. Our annualized rate of return was great. So that's kind of been our primary focus on that specific fund. And I was mentioning to you before we did the show that it's a very unique fund because it's almost like a money market account for the investor. A Minimum investment is $250,000. They earn 7% with that. Obviously, you can reinvest uh, distributions. At 500000 we pay 8%. At a $1 million, we pay 9%. And the beauty of it is that even though there's generally a one-year hold, we do not charge an early withdrawal penalty. They just give us 30 days notice. So I don't know any other somewhat liquid investment that's paying that high a rate of return. And the reason it's conservative is the fact that we're originating notes. And then we have about four or five very large institutions that love the, the loans that we do, and they buy our, our loans. So every two to three weeks, we're turning these loans over. And so when we get millions of dollars back, if anybody wants to redeem, boom, we've got the money to pay them. Otherwise it goes back on the conveyor belt and does some more loans. The interesting thing now is the fact that, you know, you know, interest rates have gone up and obviously we've raised our interest rates to our borrowers a little bit, uh, but it is a supply and demand issue with regard to how much money is out there chasing it, right? But the interesting thing here is the fact that even though the, the real estate market has cooled a bit, doesn't look like it's falling off a cliff because it's still, again, a supply and demand issue where everybody needs a house. Everybody or everybody needs a place to live. Uh, and specifically in California, there's so many regulations on building a house. There's mm-hmm. only so much of a, of a supply. And, and yeah, we lost a seat in the Senate and all that, but there's still a big demand for, for housing. The interesting thing that we're finding is the fact that there are a lot of mortgage companies that were primarily in the refine market. Now that market's dried up quite a bit because- interest- Yeah,
2: that's not where I'd want to be right now.
1: No, exactly. So what has happened is a lot of mortgage companies have laid off those brokers. So now we've become a bigger fish in a smaller pond. So mm-hmm. even though maybe, you know, it's slowed down a little bit on the volume not for us. We're we've got we could do at least fifteen million dollars a week in loans. So the reason we're paying such a high interest rate is we're just cutting our margins down, and we're just making it up in volume. You know, we're not losing money, obviously. On it. We're just making a smaller profit.
2: And I would imagine your average loan size is a little bit larger. Maybe you're in the seven figure range, the low seven figures.
1: Yeah, I'd say somewhere between eight hundred thousand to a million. I mean, we'll do some loans at two, three million, and other ones would be you know three, four hundred thousand dollars you know, again, primarily California, you're going to get the larger loans.
2: Yeah. Your uh, average home price is going to go up a decent amount in California. Yes, correct.
1: So our default rate is very low because again, these are loans that are made to individuals who ordinarily could go to the bank if they had time, or there may be their credit scores, maybe, you know, two points lower than what the bank wants. And for whatever reason, they need to go private. But these institutions, our buyers uh, are very picky. So They've given us uh, like a long laundry list of, you know, this is our box and you can only sell us loans that are in this box. So we primarily fit in that box and it's pretty conservative. So default rates
2: very low. That's a you're in an operations intensive business, right? Because you need to write loans at a, a standard that you can then sell those loans off to the right. your, your four large partners right. and you're interfacing with a lot of customers. There's a big operational component to that business. Right. Yeah. How do you guys? maintain organizational cohesiveness as you're trying to work these loans through the process?
1: Uh, we have our various departments. Uh, you know, our underwriting department is made up by uh, ex-bankers. And we have loan processors, just you know, very similar to what a bank would have. But I guess the big benefit we have is being a private lender. We don't have you know, 11 levels of approval. Uh, we don't have to have loan loss reserves like a very typical bank. So we, we can think outside the box. But, you know, we have uh, our, you know, we're not a one man show. I mean, we probably have at least 50 people associated with us either as an employee or as an independent broker.
2: So you've spoken to the market cooling a little bit. We've certainly seen that, but not dropping off the edge of a cliff. What do you guys look at as leading indicators? Obviously you're in an adjacent business. We're in the commercial multifamily business, buying and holding large apartment complexes. You're doing large single family transactions and kind of putting, filling up your queue. But when you guys survey the landscape, what factors pique your interest?
1: We're going to stay away from high price per square foot so like in the Silicon Valley, and this, and even when the market was hot, you know, we were seeing appraisals coming in at $2,500 a square foot. Uh, maybe, but you know what? That's a little bit too risky. So we would just say, no, we're not going to give you a 70% loan to value. Uh, we'll give you a 50% loan to value on something like that. So we've tapered it down a bit. We are probably now closer to 60 65% on average LTV, because as the market cools a little bit, There may be an adjustment, but our loans are fairly short term. I mean, you know, as a great borrower with an 800 FICO score, do you want to pay us nine and three quarters percent interest? You know, even though interest rates have gone up and you can get a a loan from a bank at you know five and a half or six percent, why do you want to borrow from us at nine and three quarters? Right? Only you you want to get rid of us as quickly as possible. So our our loans are really not that affected by uh, the market uh, unless you have an absolute overnight crash. Now you know the 2008. Great Recession was more of a prolonged decline. So it took about three years to have, you know, on on average, about a 25% drop. Well, that's not an overnight fall off the cliff, right? I mean, that's a prolonged decline. So again, if we're doing loans and then typically our owner-occupied consumer bridge loan is going to be uh, written for 11 months. So we were giving these borrowers 11 months to get rid of us. We're not that concerned that within 11 months that you're going to have a drop of more than 30%. And here's the funny thing is that even during the Great Recession, even though some borrowers were underwater, they still paid their mortgage. They wanted to pay their mortgage. You know, not everybody wants to just throw the towel in uh, you know, on your personal residence, especially when you just bought it.
2: Well, and you're lending to a, a good subset of the population, right? You're in California on fairly larger loan sizes. Those folks are probably working in tech or some associated that usually, generally is a growing industry, even in a downturn.
1: Yeah, and then we'll also have situations where you have a, a retired couple who own their house free and clear, but they want to move from a two-story house to a one-story house for ease of uh, their physical abilities, and uh, yet because they're retired, the banks won't make them a loan. So, so you know, we'll have a situation where the borrower has a house free and clear for two million dollars, and they want to downsize to a million two. And what we'll do is we'll lend them the entire million two, and even though you think it's a hundred percent loan to value. We get a first mortgage on both properties, so we're actually you know thirty-three percent or whatever uh, LTV. So it's very conservative for us. Uh, but again, you got a situation like that where nobody's in tech. They're just retired couple wanting to to downsize.
2: Yeah, they don't want to touch cash flow, and they can access their equity and yeah. kill a bunch of birds with one stone.
1: Exactly, and they don't want to move twice, and they also want time to maybe their current house. If you if they had time, they could fix it up. Versus if they try to sell it right there, you know, and it hasn't had any work done on it, they're going to get a lower value. So we're, we're, we're giving them the tools to, uh, to get the highest value for themselves.
2: Yeah. So you're in investor relations. You're at the top of the funnel for capital coming in. And there's a lot of folks in, in your shoes that are going to be listening to this show. How are you meeting new investors? What are you doing to put more people into the top of that funnel right now?
1: We have actually done a fair amount of radio advertising. We've gotten some personalities who got to know us and trusted us, like us. And, and so they've given us some endorsements. Other times, uh, you know, just the fact that we have a radio show has, has helped. It's been a while, you know, cause COVID and all that, you know, we're doing in-person type type meetings, but we would do some blast emails uh, to people who somehow knew about us and invited them to a, a seminar. Now we're back to doing webinars because I tell you, this Zoom thing is great because even like when I was doing the sports, when I went to do been doing the sports show before COVID, you know, I'd, I'd be talking to some famous athlete who's in Washington, D.C., and then I have to kind of put the phone up to the microphone. I mean, it was such a hassle. Now with Zoom, I, I tell you, it's been great. I, nobody needs to come into my office anymore. You know, the studio.
2: Bro, as much as we've moaned about Zoom and Teams and all the various technologies, they really have enabled us to to push life forward, even during the pandemic and other associated issues. And yeah. and now we get to leverage it for conversations like this.
1: Oh yeah, this is
2: this is perfect. So if you could describe for investors your Freedom Fund, you know, obviously two hundred fifty k minimum. Where do you personally think that that sits on the risk reward continuum? You know, we we see a lot of investment opportunities where you can go buy something that's completely. vacant and you might be able to double your money in 24 months, you know, yeah. down to a money market that's maybe paying you 0.2%. So that's a really wide spectrum. How do you think through that when you're talking to investors and they say, hey, how risky is this?
1: That's a great question. You know, I've been in this business a long time. My background was, you know, accounting, tax. I used to do financial consulting and, and all that kind of stuff for many, many years. And I've got to say, you know, trying to be completely brutally honest, it's got to be one of the most conservative, with a high rate of return. Because if you think about it, even though that we do have buyback provisions if the loans go bad, the kind of loans that we're doing, it is so rare that these loans go bad. And again, the big boys who are buying, the big institutions that are buying, they, they've given us very strict parameters as to what kind of loans they'll allow us to to sell to them. And, and so the loans basically almost don't even have a chance to go bad. Because these people are refinancing, you know, and we don't even own the loans out. We own the loans for maybe two or three weeks. So I, I just don't know any other investment out there, not just real estate, but I don't know any investment in today's market that's paying at least 7% with that much liquidity. I mean, and here's the deal, even though we ask people to give us 30 days notice, I've seen situations where someone put a request in and they got the money three days later they just happened to hit it at the time when we did the trade. Uh, and we actually have contracts with these large institutions where if we give them a loan that fits into that box, they have to buy it. So, And the thing is, if, if they if they went bankrupt, well, then what we would do is just portfolio the loans. And these loans are only 11 months at the longest anyway. And and we can always sell the loans to other buyers. So is it risk-free? No. I mean, if, if the market absolutely... T- just absolutely got decimated overnight, and the buyers, you know, dropped off, and the real estate, you know, dropped so much, and the borrowers didn't pay, and 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 and. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Are you going to lose all your money? I don't think so, because the house is still going to be worth something, right? But yeah. let's put it this way: I've had money in there myself, a very large amount of money, and, and then and I've used it for a temporary situation where it's like I've been something else came along. It was a great place to park money. And we've had that. I mean, it's interesting. I About a month ago, very, very interesting, I got a call from somebody who said, yeah, I've been watching you guys for about two years and I haven't done anything with you. I went, oh, OK. I've, I've heard about your Freedom Fund and I now understand that uh, you have you raised your interest rate because we used to just pay 6%, no matter what, how much money you had in there. Then when interest rates were going up and we, we had so much demand for our loans, we decided to raise the interest rate for the investors so we could get, capture more capital. So he he says, I understand that at a million dollars, uh, I get 9%. I said, that's correct. He said, I'd like to meet you in person because I don't want to just write a million dollar check right off the bat to somebody I don't know. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I said, you, you want to make sure we're not running this company out of a station wagon around the country. You know? So I said, come, well, let's meet in, in the office. And we sat down, met for about 30 minutes. And I uh, went through all the documents. And lo and behold, he wrote a check, $3 million, right on the spot. And less than a week later, he called back and he said, you know, I've been thinking about this more and more. And I'd like to add another million. And he didn't even get his first check yet. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's a lot of confidence on something like that. But uh, again, I've, I've had a lot of money in it. And uh, I've slept very well that night.
2: Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Edward, as we get ready to wrap up here. What's a daily habit or a regular habit that has contributed to your success? Boy,
1: okay. (laughs) I go through my emails. Um,
2: (laughs) That's an hourly habit. uh,
1: uh, Yeah, I tell you, I get back to people right away. I don't let things linger. And I think that's really helped. Even if uh, I'm on vacation, I, I literally just came back from vacation and while I was on vacation, I texted or emailed a couple of people to say, hey, I'm, I'm on vacation right now. Can I get back to you on Monday? Most people are very, very appreciative of the fact that, you know, gosh, this guy's taking time out of his vacation just to at least get in touch with me. And so I, I think from a success standpoint
2: is treat everybody with
1: respect and get back to them quickly.
2: Well, thank you, Edward, for joining us. Uh, Thank you to our listeners for joining us on another episode of the Real Estate Syndication Show. I'm your host, Sam Rust, signing off.
0: Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.